The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, January 10th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in on this little bit of a snowy morning. Good morning, Pat. How was your commute in? Easy, easy, easy. Was yeah, it really? I did, I did not see snow until I got up here to the hilltop. And okay. just a little bit, maybe just a little slush. So no worries on my end. Thank goodness. We. I feel like I dodged a bullet. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I don't think that us in the north side of the river in Vancouver, we did dodged a bullet, but we did have some snow. I would say, because when I got out of my house this morning to leave, and I had kind of looked out the window, I saw that there was snow on the ground. I just did my... my uh, unscientific measure by sticking my finger uh you know through the snow <laughs> to hit the top of my car and i got about an inch inch and a half okay. that had covered my car the roads were white though for sure in my neighborhood and in fact it was slushy and white oh. all through vancouver until i got to i-5 and as soon as i i got off the on-ramp and onto the freeway Nothing but water on the roads. You couldn't even tell that it had snowed. So obviously there was enough traffic going through the freeways to keep anything from accumulating. But it was a little slushy around the areas. I would imagine if you were in uh, Camas and Washougal area as you got out towards the gorge, maybe Troutdale even too, probably you were getting a little bit more snow. And here in the Portland area on the backside here of Sylvan Hill, there's a little bit of snow down there as well as like the typical places, Cornelius Pass Road, those areas. So be careful if, if, if that's on your morning commute. And then we've got the area to the east headed toward Mount Hood. There is a lot of snow out there. They definitely got the blizzard. Luckily for us, it stayed mostly in the Cascades and didn't really come down to the valley floor as much. I have a feeling, though, Brenda, as we get closer mm -hmm. to the weekend, we're going to get it because these temperatures are going to stay low. The road's going to get cold. And when that snow hits it, it's going to stay. It's going to stay. Yeah. So eyes are now moving towards Thursday evening into Friday. Right now, they are predicting that those models will be mostly rain. Here's the problem, though. They feel like the snow round is coming in the afternoon on Friday. Oh. So kind of keep that in mind. We have seen this happen time mm -hmm. and time again mm -hmm. where it hits that evening commute and, you know, just a little bit of slush and things really get bogged down. I'll never forget Terry Ross, the host of our Glory of the Mass program, right. was caught in the last year seven hours yeah. He was out out because of uh, all the all the issues with the traffic. So. And he was in Portland. He right. was in Portland That's trying right. to get to yeah. another side of yeah. Portland. It took him all those hours. So, yeah, we're we're going to watch it. They say those models can be kind of all over the place. So, as we get a little bit closer uh tomorrow afternoon, maybe we'll get a better idea of what that's going to look and like. And plan ahead, make sure that phone is charged, make sure you you you've got uh, enough to keep yourself warm, maybe a blanket, uh maybe food and water as well. Just plan ahead. Uh, we've been telling you, you know, right. you don't want to get caught like that. So yeah, and sure. it can happen, especially on the hills here on the west side of Portland. Yeah. So, again, if you are coming in this morning, as far as Portland's concerned, it looks like we're mostly, uh, you know, slush, maybe a little bit in the side streets, but really just a lot of rain. Even our good friend Dina Marie, she just texted me, if you're coming from the north and Longview, they're up closer to two inches. Oh. And so coming down into the city, if you're more 
morning commute, might want to give yourself a little bit of extra time. Yeah, safety first. That's safety right. Safety first. Just Absolutely. take that precaution. Use prudence. So, all right. So that's a kind of, yeah, a good thing to do. So, but it is still kind of pretty. I didn't think, to be honest, we'd get any kind of snow this year. They were predicting it was going to be more mild, more rain. And in this case, it was definitely been more rain, but it it's that temperature. It dropped. It dropped very, very quickly. It did. And, you know, especially in, in the Cascades, I mean, they have got a real situation up on Mount Hood. Have so. you looked at the live cams? Oh, my gosh. Those are just wild. I yeah. looked at those even yesterday afternoon, and it, like, you could barely <laughs> make out any feet. Like, you Looked could like see, Antarctica or something. Yeah. yeah, up there at Timberline Lodge. So, I think the snow uh, resorts, ski resorts, are all closed today. I yes. mean, you just can't get up there. Uh, so if you can go a different way or delay your travel, if you're heading over to the east side of the state, yeah, alternate route or just wait a day if you can. So what else you got besides the weather going on? Of course, that's dominating everything, but For there's sure. other things happening. Absolutely. And in fact, this is kind of a, a neat anniversary. I was looking up, I'm going to talk about in news. Today marks the official 40th anniversary of official relationship between the United States and the Vatican. 40 years, that's all. Ronald Reagan signed that relationship status. So there was some stuff going on beforehand that kept it from happening. But since then, where has our relationship, our diplomatic relationship with the Vatican for the United States meant? And where is it going in the future? Only 40 years. That is very surprising. I know. Well, you know, I am a, a child of the space race, and because uh, I, you know, one of my earliest memories is seeing man walk on the moon. Well, we're going back to the moon, and it looks like those plans are delayed. So that's kind of disappointing. You know, I, I thought by now, growing up, that I would be living on the moon, and some argue that I am, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, you just saw, watch the Jetsons growing up and, and watching absolutely. the, you just thought, well, someday I'm going to be on the moon. I thought so, by now I'd have a flying car. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that, though. (laughs) We'll look forward to that also. We do have a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Tori Harris and Hearts Once Stone. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Tori Harris and Hearts Want Stone. 710, it's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat on this uh, somewhat snowy, mostly rainy Wednesday morning. We'll check that weather forecast as we head toward the weekend just ahead. And our good friend, Sister Krista Von Borstel from CYO Camp Howard checks in to tell us what's going on at CYO. She talks with Brenda next at Matra Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Mater Dei Radio's prayer team is renewing our commitment to pray for you throughout 2024. It may be a leap year, but we won't skip any opportunity to strengthen your spiritual life. 
including our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of Christ and Our Lady in the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic reflections that will truly inspire you. Our dedicated team also prays for your personal request on Matre Day Radio's prayer hotline. These powerful intercessors are waiting to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or you can send them your intentions through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. We're ready to leap into action and fill up 2024 with prayer and thanksgiving at Matre Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio on this cold and wet morning. If you were south of Portland or Cannon Beach, you probably didn't see any snow, even though most of the metro area only got a little trace. What's on the ground should melt by the afternoon. High today of 39, low of 34. Precipitation rises to 80% as we head into tonight. All right. All eyes are watching this weather forecast, but it looks like at least for snow, uh, we're done with it here in the metro area. But it is cold. 35 degrees in Vancouver at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church. And a few snowflakes on the ground at St. Pius X Parish in Beaverton, where it's 35. It's faith in action. Time to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization. Well, it might be cold, rainy, even a little snowy where you might be. Would you believe now is the time to start thinking about warm summer days, especially warm summer days if you want your child or your family enrolled at a great summer camp at Camp Howard. Joining us this morning to let us know about how we can dream of warm summer days, it is our good friend, Sister Krista Von Borsel. Good morning, Sister Krista. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. I'm excited. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to have you on. This is our first opportunity to talk in this new year. Sister Krista, how was your celebration of Christmas and also a, a New Year's celebration? Oh, it was wonderful. My highlight was going down to California for a wonderful wedding So uh, after the holidays, but it, it was just fantastic. I mean, I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite um, times of the year. So oh, it was cool. yeah, for sure. And what a wonderful way to ring in the new years with a uh, a new oh. union, for sure. I know it was great. So, sister, while we are looking out the window here at Mater Day Radio, we can see a little bit of snow on the ground. But for you there at CYO Camp Howard, you're already thinking about warm summer days, according to what I have been given. Well, registration already open for summer camp. Tell us what you have in store. That's right. You know, um, Brenda, we are working on camp year-round. As soon as camp is over one year, we just, you know, we finish up our rentals, um, and then we just spend the year getting ready for the next year. Because it does take a lot of a lot of work to turn things around, get all the get all the the web changed around, get um, all the supplies that we need think about what kind of activities we're going to operate. And, you know, since COVID, we really haven't been doing any specialty camps, but this year we're going to bring back survival camp that Mark Lee runs. Mark is our swim director, and he does a fabulous job with uh, a little survival camp that he started many years ago. 
So we're going to bring that that back this year. That'll be our first uh, first um, specialty camp that we've done since COVID. So I'm excited about getting things back to being a little bit more normal. I so sister, I have a question. This is Pat Ryan about survival <laughs> camp. What are the details of that? You you piqued my curiosity here. <laughs> well, Mark teaches the kids various things like um, you know how to had a look at plants, which what kind of plants might be a food source for people. He teaches them uh, all kinds of knots that they can make, how to build a place to make a, a place that you might want to sleep, you know, out in the wilderness. Uh, you know, he just does all kinds of things that gives them a an insight into how to survive outdoors if you know they're in a, some kind of a you know different situation so he he gives them the tools that they need and teaches them you know the various things about survival so wow. you, i think you and i need to take that <laughs> yeah i think that i have a lot of survival skills just working here at mater day radio sometimes it's a bit of a jungle around here trying to survive with all of you people sister krista joining us this morning if you are just tuning in hey while now. it is cold out it is time to think about summer camp sister krista joining us today to let us know about what returning programs they've got and some new things coming up above all sister what people pack for when they're getting ready for summer camp they are ready for a lot of fun camping water sports things like that but it's always important for kids and families to remember to bring God along with them. Above all, Camp Howard is a way to have fun, enjoy God's creation, and deepen your faith, too. Tell our listeners and remind them how incredible this program is, that it's just really inspirational, that help them learn more about God and well, their own Catholic teachings. You know, we really work hard to make to intentionally make sure that whatever we're doing, you know, we do it for a reason, and, and we do it for you know, to glorify God, and, you know, the, the planning that goes into our, to our arts and crafts, for example, um, there are there are projects that we do, like uh, there's a beaded bracelet that we put together that, you know, has Christian symbols in it, and, um, you know, everything we do, we try to, we try to, have a reason, a way that we can glorify God through it or talk about that, talk about God and uh, intentionally make sure that our summer is, you know, it's not like you're going to be in church. I don't want to give you that impression, but it, you know, it is an opportunity for us to, you know, to really have God with us and be present and make sure that we are special because we are a Catholic camp and we want the kids while the camp was uh, started to be a place for kids from all walks of life to come and just have a, a recreational fun week. That is, that is, that continues to be our goal. But in doing that, we want to make sure that we keep Christ in front of everybody, counselors, kids, and you know, the adult staff and, and everyone. So no. it is an intentional project that we put together, and we try to balance all of those things and just make it a lot of fun for the kids. 
Well, part of what makes it so much fun for the kids is also this incredible staff that you have guiding them in every direction. And there are some openings for people who are interested in maybe joining camp and helping out this incredible program. Sister Krista, tell our listeners a little bit about what employment requirements you have and what is available. Well, first of all, I'd like you to know that we do have a new camp director. We, we just uh, hired Bob Jacquees last week to be our camp director, and I'm very excited awesome. about Bob is, uh, as you know, worked for the Catholic Sentinel for many years, and we're very excited to welcome him onto the CYO staff. And, you know, he's he's been a fellow that's been to camp and worked with us, and his daughter's come to camp many years. So I, he's going to be joining the staff February 1st. So that's very exciting. Um, But we have all kinds of roles that need to be filled. And this is really, you know, an opportunity for young people to get a lot of leadership skills. We generally start out, uh, the kids generally start out as a counselor. We need a lot of counselors for the summer. So uh, the counselors uh, keep track of the kids throughout the day and evening. Then we have unit directors. We have five units up at the camp. So we have directors that oversee um, all of the counselors in each particular cabin in their, in their unit. So unit directors are generally have a little more um, time at the camp than the counselors because they have to really kind of understand how things work. Then we have uh, program directors. We have all kinds of activities that need to have people in charge of them. So we have things like laser tags, uh, lifeguards, arts and crafts director, uh, several different positions like that 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 we need people to operate for us. So there's just a variety of things uh, to have fun at and really, you know, enjoy the summer enjoy one another, make new friends, and at the same time, be helping kids make great memories and yourself as well. I mean, some, mm-hmm. I, I spend the summer at the camp, and I love it. It's just such a fun place to be, and I really enjoy the outdoors and just being with the kids and watching them, and I oh. can't imagine a better place to be than up at Camp Howard in the summertime. Well, you just have me dreaming about warm summer days running around out there at Camp Howard. Sounds like it's going to be a great time for all of you, your staff. Sister Krista, thank you so much for joining us today. And for those listening, I'll be sure to add a link to Camp Howard on the podcast of this interview. So that way you can find out all the information about registration and also opportunities for camp staff. Sister Krista, well, God bless you. Happy New Year. And we look forward to warm summer days. Thanks for joining us. Brenda, Pat, and Eric, great to talk to you. God bless you, sister. Bye-bye. 723 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And we have prayers for Sister Krista and CYO Camp Howard going all the time, and we want to pray for you, too. It's Mater Day Radio's prayer hotline. we got a team of prayer warriors just standing by waiting for your intention, and you can get that into us. Just go online, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app, and you'll see that big button that says pray on it. Click that, send us your intention, and we'll start praying right away for you here at Mater Day Radio. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio, The Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And if you thought the Focus Conference was big, wait till you see how they do it in the Philippines, Brenda. Six million people what? in a procession yesterday. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear about that for sure. We've got the details on the Black Nazarene just ahead. And I'm going to talk to you about what 40 years of the diplomatic relationship between the United States and the Vatican has been able to do. All of that coming up in three minutes. Here is Jesse Monabusen, The Life You're Living. And we are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Your love unfolding Our hearts you're holding Ever close Your life renews us as we that you are living you call on Jesus to live your justice and your peace your life renews us as we live the life that you are living your grace oh God invites us your spirit God ignites us to be the love you're giving
flowing, compassion growing, moving us to poor and lowly as we live the life that you are. And that is Jesse Manabusen and the life you're living. It's 7.30 right here. Millions of Catholic devotees flooded the streets of the Philippine capital yesterday to honor the Black Nazarene, a century-old religious tradition that has returned after a three-year hiatus due to the coronavirus pandemic. At least six million people jostled along a 3.7-mile route as the black wooden statue of Jesus Christ was carried through the streets of Manila, according to church officials. The procession started before dawn at around 4 a.m. and lasted some 15 hours. The Philippines is Asia's largest Catholic-majority country. About 80% of its 110 million people identify as Roman Catholic. What an incredible statement and declaration of faith in that country. That's, I love it. This is not even the largest procession in history, but it it certainly, after a three-year hiatus, was a big one. But they actually have had larger processions that have lasted up to 22 hours. Wow. Oh, (laughs) congratulations. Blessings to them for sure. On January 10th, 1984, President Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul II agreed to the establishment of diplomatic relations. And there was a time when Washington did not formally recognize the Vatican. But as Professor Darren Doshek of the University of Notre Dame notes, that state of affairs has a lot to do with an anti-Catholic sentiment prevalent in American politics going back to the 19th century. When asked what kind of benefits have come about in these past 40 years, Doshuk is quick to point out that it has served both parties well. The Vatican sees the wealth, the influence, the authority that American Catholics have, the potential to shape the direction of the church, even as the church spreads its own. Now, in terms of the U.S. and the benefit of its relationship with the Holy See, it has more to do with appearance. It's relational, he says. It solidifies in the imagination of American Catholics a favorable relationship with their church. It is no longer seen as in some ways oppositional or some ways challenging to the American way of life. He does go on to say that the relationship will continue as it is, if not even getting as strong as we move forward. Religion today, more than 10 years ago or 20 years ago, he says, is a more front and center in both domestic and global political circumstances that ensure the need, at least for now, he says, a close relationship between Washington and Rome. NASA's Artemis 3 mission planned to hit the crucial milestone of landing humans on the moon for the first time since the Apollo program 
will not take off until at least September of 2026, NASA officials announced yesterday. The journey had been previously slated for 2025. The primary reason for the delays includes SpaceX's outlook for developing Starship, the gargantuan rocket spacecraft system that's expected to ferry astronauts from lunar orbit to the moon's south pole. In related news, there is no chance the first U.S. moon landing mission in more than 50 years will make a soft landing on the moon after suffering a critical loss of propellant. In an update yesterday, a private firm, Astrobotic Technology, said the solar batteries on its Peregrine Ruler landing are at full charge, but the spacecraft carrying the lander will run out of fuel in approximately 40 hours. The new time frame would give the spacecraft until Thursday before it runs out of fuel. So it looks like they're not going to make it there. And this just sounds a ripple effect that uh, delays the overall space program and getting back there. Okay. An Oregon judge has entered the final order striking down a gun control law that was approved by voters in 2022. The judgment finalizes the opinion Rachio issued in November, finding the law violated the right to bear arms under the Oregon Constitution. Now, this law was among the first gun restrictions to be passed after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling last year changed the guidance judges are expected to follow when considering Second Amendment cases. The law requires people to undergo a criminal background check and complete a gun safety training course to obtain a permit to buy a firearm. It also bans high-capacity magazines. Measure 114 has been tied up in state and federal court since it was approved by voters in November of 2022. And in sports, the hops could be hopping. Hillsboro Hops team leaders said the team could leave Oregon. Yesterday, team leaders asked the state for more money for a new ballpark and noted that the clock is ticking. A March 15th deadline looms over the city of Hillsboro and the hops to secure $15 million for the new ballpark to keep the team in town. If the funding goal is not met by the spring deadline, the hops say they'll be forced to find a new home. Hops are the high-A baseball affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the franchise relocated to Hillsboro in 2012. The Eugene Emeralds are also facing a similar issue down in Lane County. Maria Isabel Geraldo from Catholic Link in her spiritual journey realized she was struggling time and again with comparing herself to others. She says, for a long time, I've been comparing my life, achievements, talents, and dreams to others, be it my classmates, friends, relatives, coworkers, or even strangers, thanks to social media platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram. And through prayer, she saw that she was building a self-concept based on society, not her own expectation, and especially ignoring God's view from her. So she offers us a few tips today to help keep us from comparing ourselves to others and look at our lives and see ourselves the way God does. All right, I'm taking notes. Take notes. We're going to talk about this throughout the show today. She says, first, dig deeper into your heart. Where is that comparison coming from? Is it a wound that you haven't discovered or asked God to heal? And what is it that you're unsatisfied with about yourself? Are you living, facing the world, worrying too much about its opinion and ju judgment instead of facing God and heaven? 
Mm. Bring your feelings of unworthiness, comparison, and envy to confession, she said, and spiritual direction. Start your healing and self-knowledge journey with all the human and spiritual tools at your disposal. You are not alone in this. And then next, she says, Go to therapy if you feel like you need it. Sometimes our tendencies to comparison and resentment towards others and ourselves come from the frustration of wanting to be someone that you are not. And she said therapy can help talk you through some of those situations. So those are three tips. We're going to talk about more throughout today's show. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, we've been talking about it a lot, but today is finally the last day of the American Red Cross Blood Drive at the Grotto. It's the Grotto's centennial year, and today's the last day of marking the goal of 100 donations. One for every year that the Grotto's been around. Each donor will receive two passes to the Upper Gardens, and they can be used today or any time in the next six months. Sign up for a donation time on the Red Cross's website for these and more events in our Catholic community. Head on over to MaterDayRadio.com, and you can find the community calendar on the Hail Mary Media app. What is monastic spirituality, and how can it help you? We'll check in at the Hilltop, visiting Mount Angel Abbey with Brother Ambrose Stewart next after we check that snowy weather forecast at Day Radio. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. 
I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It is 7.40 here at Modern Day Radio, and the snow is definitely taken up a lot of the airtime, but there could be some flooding on the coast, so do be prepared for that as well. Uh, low of 34 today, high of 39, and there's a new weather pattern emerging as we come into the weekend. That's going to bring with it a whole host of other problems, including more rain, more snow, and more wind. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> right now at Benedictine Brewery at Mount Angel Abbey, it is 35 degrees and only drizzle. Okay, and out in the gorge a little bit, it's 39 degrees with a few snowflakes still falling out at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas. The Mount Angel Institute is set to host its Christian in the World lectures, beginning with a wonderful four-part series on monastic spirituality. And leading the first installment of that four-part series is Brother Ambos Stewart joining us here on The Morning Blend. Brother Ambos, welcome back, and why don't we just get started with the big question. What is monastic spirituality? Yeah, that's a great question. That's probably the reason that they chose it for the first presentation in this series. That's a big question, too, and there's a lot of different ways that one can answer it. The way that at least I'm choosing to answer it is it's a spirituality that represents a radical response to Scripture, a call of Scripture in one's life, and that manifests itself uh, in the whole monastic movement, whether that means fleeing to the Egyptian desert as a hermit and living it out there, or whether that means living in community, whether in the Egyptian desert or elsewhere, and living it out there, or whether maybe that means living out maybe uh, a pseudo-monastic spirituality in your own home. Um, even then, it's still a radical response to Scripture and the demands of the Gospel in the life of a Christian. I think that, at root, captures it, despite the uh, various different practices in, in the monastic tradition. Running off into the desert is pretty radical response. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And very few people do it, but there have been thousands and thousands who have. Who were the Desert Fathers, and what can we learn from them? The Desert Fathers were those people I mentioned in, I guess, the 3rd, 4th, and 5th centuries. The Christian tradition in, in Egypt in particular, but this also happened in Syria and Palestine and other places. But the Desert Fathers were the first ones to do it to go out into the wilderness and seek God in solitude, and then later in smaller and then larger communities. And they established this very radical way of life, but a way of life that was purified of a lot of worldliness that people take for granted. And in that purity of heart that they discovered, they also discovered the vision of God. They discovered a, an intense experience of love of neighbor, and that is, is why we still talk about them at all. So the, the reason we regard them as fathers is because they've, they've given us this spiritual patrimony. This seems so alien to me, but what can we learn as modern man from this radical response that they had? The, uh, the Desert Fathers, unlike us perhaps, were very sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And again, in, in Scripture in particular, they were very sensitive to the demands that Scripture made upon them in a way that most people might not be today. I was recently reading a novel where one of the characters is kind of upbraided by a pastor. A preacher has taken him in as his ward, and he goes about as this beautiful, innocent child, 
living out the gospel in very practical and radical ways. And then the pastor says, that's just not feasible. You know, why would you do that? Jesus didn't mean for his commands to be followed literally, but obviously this is comedic because he did. Maybe not in the same literalistic way that some people might interpret things, but the words of Scripture are living and effective. They're meant to find a place in our hearts and meant to be responded to. And that instinct that the Desert Fathers have for doing just that is, I think, a very inspiring and kind of healthy corrective to our more casual attitude towards Scripture today. You know, that was for them now. This is for me today. And there's not such a big difference. It's for us, too, today. We're visiting with Brother Ambrose Stewart about the Christian in the World series, which is getting started again by the Mount Angel Institute this Saturday. First installment in the series is What is Monastic Spirituality? And that's what our topic is today. Jesus began his ministry with a radical response of going into the desert. How does that play into this? Yeah, he's kind of a model for the whole Christian life, of course, but for monks especially. We're trying to pattern our lives on the life of Christ in a lot of ways. And when he went into the desert, how he was overcoming the temptations of the devil in his solitude was by responding to the devil with Scripture. Mm. Um, Again, this plays directly into what I said about what prompted the first desert fathers to go into the desert, what, what animated their spirituality. And it's a reliance on the power that resides in the Word of God made present in their life. And Jesus models that par excellence in the temptation in the desert. So how is the wisdom that the Desert Fathers gained by this experience shared with the Western world? Very early on, these people became known. St. Athanasius of Alexandria, the bishop, very quickly wrote a biography of Anthony of the Desert, the, the father of all monks, and that biography was wildly popular. Very quickly it was translated into Latin, It got into the hands of people like St. Augustine and influenced his conversion. It was a a spiritual classic in the whole world, basically, the whole Christian world. And other monastic movements, Pacomius and his Cenobitic communal monasticism, his rules were translated into Latin by St. Jerome and popularized in the Latin West later. And then uh, the big name kind of, or at least Benedictine tradition, is St. John Cassian. He wrote a couple of works that synthesized everything that was going on in Egypt. And when he started a monastery in Marseille, he was using the Egyptian desert's wisdom as a model for his monks in the Latin West. And all of that trickled down to St. Benedict. St. Benedict had all of that in Latin and was deeply influenced by it. And when he wrote his rule, those were the seeds for St. Benedict. And then the tree has only blossomed since his day. So these monks were actually living in community then? Yeah, many of them. Um, Some were completely isolated, and some of them were kind of like uh, cranky sometimes. You know, they'd throw rocks at visitors because they wanted (laughs) to preserve their solitude. Uh, But many of them, especially when I talk about Pacomius, their whole model was communal. They they practiced love of neighbor above all things as, as the way that they embodied the gospel. And those communities grew and grew and grew. Pacomius, his monastery had 1,300 monks all all the way back in the 3rd and 4th centuries, Um, and then he had nine monasteries, uh, each of them with hundreds of monks. So even back in the day, it was a huge movement, and we're just the heirs of all that. 
We're visiting with Brother Ambrose Stewart. You've kind of alluded to it when we talked about the example of Christ, Brother. How does Holy Scripture unify all of these teachings and bring them all together? It's the wellspring. It's the source. The Spirit inspired the Scriptures. The Spirit speaks through them. And so when the monks go to the desert to seek God, to listen to His voice, to be open to the promptings of the Spirit, that's the first place they look. They look to the words that God has already spoken, and they're animated with power. They still speak to the monks. They still speak to us. That's just the voice of God. Of course, that's going to unify their quest for God Himself. So your presentation on Saturday will be the first of four. Tell us a little bit about the structure of the lecture series, and where does it go after your presentation? So mine is entitled, like I said, What is Monastic Spirituality? And I'll talk about the Desert Fathers, the wellspring of monastic spirituality there, if you will. Following that, uh, we're going to have Abbot Peter, Father John Paul, and Father Michael, and they'll each give presentations on uh, community life, more particularly. Uh, That's Abbot Peter's presentation, community life. Father John Paul will be talking about Lectio Divina, and then Father Michael will be talking about monastic engagement with the world. So all of those things are going to be you know, touched upon in this initial presentation, but um, delved more deeply into from other perspectives in uh, subsequent lectures. And if somebody wants to get involved, how do they find out more about the lecture series and get signed up? Yeah, you can go to our website, mountangelabbey.org slash C-I-T-W, short for Christian in the World, and there's a sign-up link there. And it should be a wonderful series. I know this has been going on for years, and this just really looks like it's going to be very helpful as we get ready for Lent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More people reading the Bible. You know, that's the goal. Brother, thank you so much for all you do. It's great to have you back on the air with us. My pleasure. Thank you. He's Benedictine Monk, Brother Ambrose Stewart. And again, you can find out more about the Christian in the World series at mountangelabbey.org or go to matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app and check out our community calendar. It is 7.51 here at Mater Day Radio. Pat, I believe that Christian in the World series is if the longest or one of the longest running programs that they have offered at the Abbey. I've been to one before. It's a wonderful program. The hospitality that you receive when you go there. It's just such a beautiful morning. They're so welcoming, and uh, you just really get a very intimate discussion when you attend those that series. And so you go to one, you're never going to want to miss another. It, so I had, did an interview recently with uh, Brother Cyril about the history and tradition of Mount Angel Abbey, and he touched upon this was one of the initial things that they started right after Vatican II. So it has been going quite a while, almost my entire life. It's in quite a program successfully bringing in lay people to the hilltop to discover that Benedictine spirituality. Great program they're doing. And again, it kicks off this Saturday with that 
wonderful presentation from Brother Ambrose. You also have the ability to find out everything that's going on at the Abbey through the community calendar, that beautiful guest house that they have there. Such a wonderful opportunity for you to go there for, for a retreat or some other type of special gathering that they love to host you in. And if you download the free Hail Mary media app every day, you have access to yes. be right there on the hilltop and pray with the monks because we live stream the liturgy of the hours so cool it is such a wonderful opportunity feel like you're just right there praying along even if you can't make the drive down to the abbey so remember all kinds of things happening the community calendar at Mater Day radio has all of those things you can access it also on the hail mary media app along with the live stream of the prayers so check it all out Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. Broadcasting the fullness of truth. This is Mater Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF Eugene. And streaming at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue segment. Uh, last week, I was in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I was tandem surfing around sunset on the north side of the pier facing the launch pad at Cape Canaveral. There was a rocket that was supposed to go off and we had a photographer that was out in the water swimming wanting to get shots of us uh, in a tandem surfing lift with a rocket blasting off in the distance. We normally wouldn't have even paddled out. No one was crazy enough to go out that day because the waves were just victory at sea type waves, just not very rideable and difficult and challenging. So my tandem partner and I were the only ones out there, or so we thought. We had to paddle really hard just to stay in position. We kept paddling to the south as the, the wind and the waves were sweeping us to the north. At one point, we heard people yelling and weren't sure what it was. We were so focused on what we were doing. And we finally caught a wave and we were able to do a couple of lifts. But unbeknownst to me, the people on the pier were yelling and our surf photographer, Tim Forrest, responded, looked up and they were pointing and there was a young girl who was clinging to the pylons of the pier. She was hanging on for all of her life. She had gotten out in the water. She had gotten swept into the pier. She had grabbed onto one of the pilings. And, this, and the tide was coming up. Clinging to something like that that won't save you uh, is, is scary. Like you, you don't want to let go and let God. But people, there are, there are people all around us who are clinging to things that won't save them. And we need to wake up. You know, the, the, the world is crying out for help. 
She was clinging to that pylon with all of her life. Wake up, everybody. I should have been more alert. We should have been ready to respond and be able to rescue her. Luckily, our photographer did. There's people all around you that need to be evangelized, that need to be ministered to. So be alert and be a lifeguard. Be a life savior. This is Bear Wozniak with this, with this week's Deep Virtue segment. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Mater Dei Radio is pleased to welcome Father Mike Schmitz to our broadcast family. Catechism in a Year with me, Father Mike Schmitz, is now available right here on Catholic Radio. Encounter God's plan of sheer goodness for us, revealed in Scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith as we journey together toward our heavenly home. Tune in to Catechism in a Year every night at 11 right here on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 7.56 at Mater Day Radio, The Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And just ahead, Pope Francis is going to be very busy over the next few weeks as he gets ready for Lent. A lot of activities planned. Good to see him up and around after getting through that illness. Mm-hmm. So, But he's going to be swapped. Yeah, sounds like it for sure. And Pat, a Moulton Multnomah County family has been mourning the death of their son for the last three months, only to find out he, in fact, was alive. Wow. So whose ashes do they have? I'm going to tell you more about this story. Very, very Mm. unusual. All of that coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. How can someone be holy and stubborn? Allow St. William of Bourges to show us how to do just that. Born in France in 1155, William was raised by his pious uncle, who taught young William how to live simply. Although born to a noble lineage, he learned quickly to embrace asceticism and to avoid temptations of wealth and worldliness. He entered religious life and soon desired to abandon the world even more and entered the order of Grandmont. This order was severely ascetic, living as vegetarians, wearing the scratchiest clothes possible, residing in austere stone cells, and basically living like hermits with quiet neighbor hermits in the cell next to them. William was clearly a serious type who enjoyed being alone with God. In fact, he enjoyed it so much that he was constantly found in front of the Blessed Sacrament, just hanging out with Jesus. What more could an introverted hermit want? Unfortunately, his peace and solitude was threatened when the church at Bourges elected him to be their archbishop. He declined, of course. It took two orders from his superiors to finally get him to obey. The last order came from the Pope himself. Talk about a stubborn fellow. He ended up obeying like the good saint he was and fell into his position with humble obedience. He did a fantastic job as archbishop, taking charge of the cathedral building of St. Stephen's, standing up to King Philip when he acted against the faith and leading missions. He died while praying on his knees on the night before he was about to leave for a mission in southern France. His last will and testament requested to be buried in his hair shirt and ashes. This holy man was absolutely infatuated with God. The world held no sway over him. He just wanted to be with Jesus. While living in a stone cell and wearing a hair shirt sounds terrible, to him that was just one more way he could feel closer to Christ. We all have different levels of attachment to this world. How can we challenge ourselves this week to let go of the world a little inch at a time? Maybe it's to fast from something like meat twice a week, or perhaps it's spending a holy hour with Jesus, or maybe dedicating your morning commute to offering up a rosary. 
these little steps will lead us to deeper communion with Christ. It can be difficult to even desire holiness when we are so inundated by the world's riches and comforts. Especially in our country, where life is generally safe and food and hot showers live at our fingertips. We aren't challenged naturally in the ways that make us remember this world is not all that it's cracked up to be. Let's pray for hearts that learn to desire heaven above our earthly home and for an obedience to where God leads us in this life. St. Williams of Bourges, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. Awaken the Saint. For more information on the saints and to pray along with them, just download the Hail Mary Media app and you can get all the details on how to do that at MontredayRadio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Bishop David O'Connell of the Diocese of Trenton, New Jersey, was released from a hospital in Rome on two days on Tuesday, five days after suffering a heart attack, a spokesman for the diocese said. Bishop O'Connell, 68 years old, told another diocese official by email that he feels very lucky to have gotten medical care quickly after his heart attack. O'Connell is a member of the Congregation of the Missions, which is more commonly known as the Vincentians, as its founder is St. Vincent de Paul. He served as president of the Catholic University of America from 1998 to 2010 and has served as the Bishop of Trenton since 2010. Now, he went to Italy recently to lead a pilgrimage of 20 priests and two lay diocesan staff members at holy sites in Rome and Assisi. He plans to return to New Jersey later this week with the pilgrims and there continue his recovery and rehabilitation. He was taken to Santo Spirito Hospital last Thursday where he had surgery to open the completely blocked left anterior descending artery, which is the largest cardiac artery in the body, often referred to as the Widowmaker. So he is blessed to be alive. Continued prayers for his recovery. St. John of God, pray for us, the patron saint of heart patients. Pope Francis next month will preside over the canonization mass of the woman set to become Argentina's first female saint, the Vatican said yesterday. The Holy Father will preside over the mass for Blessed Maria Antonia of St. Joseph on February 11th in St. Peter's Basilica. And the Pope's liturgical schedule for the rest of January and February looks pretty packed. Among the other events scheduled for the 87-year-old pontiff over the next two months is a January 21st celebration of the Mass of the Third Sunday in Ordinary Time, designated as the Sunday of the Word of God. On February 2nd, the Holy Father will preside over the Mass for the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, which will also take place at St. Peter's Basilica. And then Pope Francis will open up the Lenten season with the annual Papal Penitential Procession at the Church of St. Alsalmo Alventino on February the 14th, Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, falling on the same day this year. Okay, so I think that many people would probably think that St. Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day is that day to celebrate your loved one. I would imagine St. Valentine would love, love, love if married couples took that time to sacrifice for their love of God on his special day. It's a day of fasting and of abstinence, Ash Wednesday is. So keep that in mind when making your plans. But not a holy day of obligation. No, but it is one of the most heavily attended masses outside of 
those holy days. Well, Catholics like getting free stuff. It so. is a freebie day. It's giveaway day at church on Ash Wednesday. Unusual story here, Pat. The Multnomah County Medical Examiner's Office incorrectly identified the body of a deceased man last year and informed the wrong family of their loved one's death. And it took more than three months for the office to spot that mistake and tell the family that, in fact, the man was alive. The family of 22-year-old man named Tyler Chase was notified in September that he had died of a drug overdose. The body was cremated in October and death certificate issued. Chase's family mourned and collected what they thought were his ashes. Mm. More than three months after the initial notice, the medical examiner's office contacted the family again and informed them that the body had been misidentified and Chase was in fact still alive. The office said the mistaken identity happened because the deceased person in September was carrying Chase's wallet. So they just made a presumption that that's who it was. It it seems like obvious, uh, you know, correlation. Now, Chase's family declined to view the body prior to cremation, the office said. And Chase had been homeless and struggling with addiction had been in treatment program during the months when his family believed he was dead. The Multnomah County Chief Medical Investigator immediately called and visited with the Chase family after the mistake was discovered, according to his office. And they've also reached out to the correct family. They have identified him to notify them of his death. In sports, in the Big Apple, the New York Knicks blasted the Portland Trailblazers 112-84 to last night in a game that saw the Knicks lead by as much as 39 points in the third quarter. Uh, Og Onogbi for the Knicks scored 23 points, 16 of those in the first quarter. For the Blazers, Jeremy Grant scored 21 points, who lost for the fourth time in five games. Anthony Simons is the only other player for the Blazers in double figures with 12. Next up, Portland stays on the road. They'll be in OKC to take on the Thunder of Oklahoma City on Thursday night. Boy, their their road wars just it's it's. Hopefully they can get the season turned around. It's not looking good, and I have a feeling some big changes are coming. But they're a young team. They're okay. a young team. All right. Well, Pat, another great event is coming up. I'm sure you're not going to want to miss. Fan Expo is oh, yeah. headed to the Oregon Convention Center coming up January 12th to the 14th, and it's bringing a star-studded cast of celebrities from, De- Pat, your favorite shows, Charlie Clocks, who, uh, who played Matt Murdock in Marvel's Daredevil, and he's going to be there along with his uh, antagonist, Vincent Onofrio. He's going to be there as well. Of course, if you're a lover of... Star Wars. Danny Trejo will be there. Book Bobo Fett. I'm sure you do not know who Danny Trejo is awesome. He is fantastic for sure. Of course, my favorite would be, and I would probably get in line to see Rain Wilson from (laughs) The Office Lore. He will be there as well. But if meeting somebody isn't isn't quite your thing, there's plenty to do. Uh, Pat, you can get out your cosplay uh, costume. And people who appreciate the art, there's going to be a competition there as well there's also going to be panel discussions on gaming comics cosplaying and more you know what i think would be really fun recently remember i spoke with the uh, artist who did the saint joseph comic book right how much fun would that be to meet uh you know a saint at a cosplay very cool i'm gonna dress up as also like the idea of taking beats out there for Rain Wilson, you know, play, place Dwight on the office. Of beats are a 
it has a beat farm, right? You can go as yeah. a cute little beat. And my cosplay <laughs> costume is nothing to joke about. It is it is my job of the hut costume. It takes hours to get into that thing, but Does it? once I do it, when they get me down to the convention they center, can't. it's quite a scene. It- <laughs> 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 You look just like him. I know. <laughs> uncanny. Uncanny. Of course, throughout the show today, too, we have been talking about Miriam, uh, Maria Isabel Gerardo, and she's been talking about why we compare ourselves to others and how difficult mm. it can be. Of course, in our first hour, we talked about digging into your heart and working on seeing yourself the way God does. And you can bring those feelings of unworthiness to confessions. She goes on to say another way to kind of stop those feelings, count your blessings and be grateful every day again and again and again. Write them down if you need to. So that way you have the ability to go back to those. And that is going to keep that temptation of comparing yourself to others and worship God for the beauty and goodness of others. Each time you are tempted to compare yourself to others or feel envy toward their achievements, reflect on how they are a sign of the greatness of God's creation and how those good deeds work as a worship song in daily life and try Mm. to, you know, be happy for them, right? Because people achieve great things and accomplishments and through the glory of God and have the ability to be celebrated for those. So don't compare yourself to it, but be glad and be happy and grateful for what they've been able to that accomplish. That link between gratitude and humility is really strong there. For sure. Powerful. Absolutely. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday, we head over to St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in downtown Portland for a mass in anticipation of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. All are invited to a special Mass with Archbishop Sample and the African-American Catholic Community of Oregon to celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This event takes the place of the regular Saturday Vigil Mass, so do be prepared if you're planning to head to that Mass. And and speaking of Archbishop Sample, we will check in with Archbishop Sample on Voice of the Shepherd and Seminarian Zach Munoz. They'll be talking about priestly fatherhood after we check that weather forecast next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of His merciful love. O my God, I ask of Thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly Thy holy will, 
to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Have any resolutions for the new year? Why not make 2024 the year you grow even closer to Christ with Matraday Radio's Hail Mary Media app? We have all the tools you need to ace that goal, including an ever-growing library of audio, video, and text prayers. You can even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you stream the live broadcast of Matraday Radio and access a variety of podcasts like Bible in a Year and Catechism in a Year with Father Mike Smits. Plus, you can plug into the most thorough listing of exciting local events on our interactive community calendar that integrates right into your car's mapping program. Make a firm resolution to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontredayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2024 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Matraday Radio. If you have a little bit of snow on the ground in the Portland metro area, it is probably going to melt by the afternoon. High today of 39 and a low of 34, but precipitation rises to 80% chance. As we head into the evening, there is still a winter weather advisory out there, so be careful and be prepared, please. Right now, it is 35 degrees at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove. And currently, it is 36 degrees at St. Wenceslas Catholic Church in Scapoos. Our show, Voice of the Shepherd, comes on every Tuesday evening. And last night, they had a wonderful conversation with uh, a seminarian. And Archbishop Sample talked about spiritual fatherhood. Here is a segment from last night's show. My sort of... Deeper appreciation, uh, and really, quite honest, quite honestly, a, a deepening understanding of, of the how critical the spiritual fatherhood is for the priest. Is this is kind of awakening, quite honestly, more and more in my own life. I mean, yes, I mean, ever since I've been a seminarian, you know that one day you're going to be called father, and uh, yeah, you know that you're called to be a, a spiritual father. In fact, sometimes when when we study about uh, the call to celibate chastity as a priest, you know, we talk about that. That's that. Yeah, you're still a father. You're just you're 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 exercising that that fatherhood in a, in a spiritual way toward your 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 beloved sons and daughters. But it, but it it hasn't really taken on the depth of meaning that it has for me, quite honestly, except in the last few years. It's it's there's been a sort of a, a awakening in myself of, of a deeper appreciation for the spiritual fatherhood that I'm called to exercise, uh, you know, here in the Archdiocese of Portland with regard to all of the people, but in a special way toward my priests and toward my, what I, I like to call as my beloved seminarian sons. I really do consider these men uh, to be spiritual sons to me. Now, you know, they all have their own fathers, and quite honestly, maybe they have their own experiences of fatherhood growing up. 
but nevertheless, whether that experience was good or bad, uh, I'm called to be a spiritual father to them and, and to sort of father them into the priesthood because we're all called to to reflect the love of, of God the Father for, for his people. You know, and, and, and it took me, again, a little while to wrap my head fully around that because, you know, I was always saw myself as a priest configured to Jesus Christ, the eternal high priest, the eternal son of God. We are, through holy orders, through the laying on of hands, sacramentally configured to Christ— and so, this, again, the spiritual fatherhood piece was sort of, yeah, it's there, but not as in, in prominent for me until really it, it dawned on me, you know, when Philip asked Jesus, that the, Jesus is talking about his father, and then Philip pipes up and he says, oh, you know, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus responds, well, Philip, have I been with you this long and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. And that was a real kind of a, one of those aha moments for me that, okay, yes, I am sacramentally configured to Christ in my priesthood, but Jesus came to reveal to us the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. So if we want to know what the Father's love is like, we look to what is the love of Jesus like. And so for me, again, it's been, it's been that great awakening. And that's why I try to, uh, we're talking more and more about this, and I think, I hope Zach would, 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 would uh, uh, confirm this, that we are talking a lot more even among the seminarians, about you know this this idea of growing into at some point spiritual fatherhood. Yeah, well, let's hear from seminarian Zach. I've been just in, I've just been enjoying our conversation. Well, off he's the got air. quite a story. <laughs> he's got quite the story. You're going to have to go onto the Archdiocesan website to get a little bit more. But Zach, give us a little sense of just how you came to know about the priesthood, because you have quite a travel from really coming mm-hmm. into, one, the Catholic Church, and then discerning a call to the priesthood. What's been that revelation of what the priesthood means to you? Yeah, I think um, the clearest example of the priesthood came about before I had become Catholic, which I think had instilled in me my own priestly vocation. I had this moment of terror before I became Catholic of, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? Am I supposed to enter the church? And finally, resting in this realization that the Eucharist truly is the body, blood, and soul divinity of Jesus Christ, and I have to become Catholic. And so I marched up to Father John Boyle, and I said, Father, you need to take me into that church right now and confirm me. And I shared with him my fears and my my, my concerns about not being yet Catholic and not yet receiving the sacramental graces of the Eucharist and of confession. And he said to me, Trust me, my son, because I am your father and mm-hmm. I love you. And uh, in my own father wound with, with my father, uh, this was quite a mm, profound moment of healing, of, of really accepting my pastor as a father, not just in title, not just saying, oh, hey, father, in a jokey way or in a, you know, a, an honorific way, you, you happen to be upon the altar, father, but in a true sense, no, this is my father, and that means something. And so shortly after my own entrance into the church, Father Boyle said, Zach, have you ever considered the priesthood? And uh, I was quite an aggressive convert. And I said, listen here, Father, I have no intention of becoming a priest. I want to be a husband and a father, and your celibate life offers nothing of that to me. And he said, okay, I was just asking. (laughs) And uh, over the next couple months, I noticed that the priesthood kept coming up in my prayers and my conversations and my spiritual reading. And I thought, great, the Lord wants me to pray for my priests, which was good. (laughs) And over time, I did that. And and one day in prayer, it was one evening, 
the 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 direction of this prayer for priests was oriented towards me. And I so strongly said, Lord, I will not do this. And I felt so overwhelmed of conviction of disobeying God that I found a priest that night to hear my confession. And I thought, if I'm going to confession about this, I need to look into this. And so I went back to Father Boyle and I said, Father, I think this uh, this whole priesthood thing might have something to do with me. And he said, great, the archbishop's having a discernment retreat this weekend. You should go. And I thought, great, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, and so I went, and it was a phenomenal two-day retreat with the archbishop and with men who were discerning the priesthood. And I, I remember the archbishop saying, men, if you feel unworthy, good, because we are all unworthy. And it was this, it, it was a really consoling time. And I left that two days thinking— Good for those guys. They're going to make great priests, but not for me. <laughs> and But the priesthood still kept coming up. And one evening, again, it gets directed straight at me in prayer. And I said, Lord, I've already discerned this, and your answer was no. And I heard him whisper into my heart, why are you so disobedient not to do as I've asked? Hmm. And so I went back to Father Boyle, and I said, Father, I just don't understand I so deeply want to be a husband and a father, and why would God take this from me? Mm. And he said, good. If you didn't want those things, you would make a horrible priest. (laughs) And I said, how does that make any sense? And he said, think about it, Zach. How can you be a faithful spouse to the church, a true loving husband who lays down his life for her if you don't desire to be a husband? And how can you be a true father to God's children if you don't desire to be a father. Maybe God is calling you to be a husband and a father, but in a different way, in a spiritual way. And that is a segment from last night's Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample and seminarian Zach Munoz. Now, if you want to know, as they say, the rest of the story, you're going to have to listen to the entire podcast of Voice of the Shepherd. If you go to materdayradio.com, you can access that entire show, listen to it right from your computer, or better yet, download the free Hail Mary media app. You can listen to that on your way home today. You can also catch our full programming schedule on both the Hail Mary media app and on our website, materdayradio.com. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Your project was a success, so why do you feel so bad? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Have you ever turned in a report, finished a project, or closed out a successful season on a sports team, but still ended up feeling disappointed? There is an old saying, the best is the enemy of the good. Sometimes we are so preoccupied with what we see as the best possible outcome that we do not give credit for good, practical success. 
It's true, we must always try our best, but we may not have the ability to perform perfectly. And you can be sure that the circumstances will rarely be ideal. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. St. Benedict's Rule helps us to see things clearly. If we can honestly say that we have tried to do our best under the prevailing circumstances, we ought to be thankful for the real good that we accomplished, rather than disappointed for the theoretical best that never existed in the first place. I'm Richard Hernandez, Principal of St. Vincent Paul School in Salem. We're excited to open enrollment for the 2024-2025 school year. As the only dual language school in the Archdiocese of Portland, St. Vincent Paul School provides a distinctive educational experience with a strong foundation in Catholic values for students in preschool through fifth grade. Visit svdpschoolsalem.org to schedule a tour and learn more about admissions. That's svdpschoolsalem.org for St. Vincent de Paul School. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. 825 at Mater Dei Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat, and are the hops hopping out of Hillsboro? What? Mm. Oh. Looks like it could happen. We'll tell you more about that next. All right. And what has 40 years of a diplomatic relationship between the United States and the Vatican benefited both countries? Well, I'll talk about that coming up in news. Here is first trailer Tripodi and Awakening. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Wake my soul and sing Like the dawn breaking over Breathe a new life inside
Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary, waking up on this Wednesday morning with Taylor Tripodi and Awakening. It's 8.30. On January 10th, 1984, President Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul II agreed to the establishment of diplomatic relations. There was a time when Washington did not formally recognize the Vatican, but as Professor Darren Doshik of the University of Notre Dame notes, that state of affairs had a lot to do with an anti-Catholic sentiment prevalent in America politics going back to the 19th century. When asked what kind of benefits have come about these past 40 years, Doshuk is quick to point out as he served both parties very well. The Vatican sees the wealth, the influence, and the authority that American Catholics have the potential to shape the direction of the church, even as the church spreads its own. Now, the terms of the U.S. and the benefits of its relationship with the Holy See has to do more with appearance. He said it's relational. It solidifies in the imagination and minds of American Catholics a favorable relationship with their church. It is no longer seen as in some ways oppositional or challenging to the American way of life. He goes on to say that the relationship will continue as it is, if not even getting stronger as we move forward. Religion today, more than 10 or even 20 years ago, is more front and center in both domestic and global political circumstances. It was quite a scene in Manila yesterday as millions of Catholic devotees flooded the streets of the Philippine capital to honor the Black Nazarene, a centuries-old religious tradition that returned after a three-year hiatus due to the coronavirus. At least six million people jostled along the 3.7-mile route as the black wooden statue of Jesus Christ was carried through the streets of Manila, according to church officials. The procession started before dawn at around 4 a.m., and lasted some 15 hours yesterday. 
The Philippines is Asia's largest Catholic-majority country. About 80% of its 110 million people identify as Roman Catholic. The crowds and length of a procession that is 6 million people long, I mean, that is just incredible. I, I can't even imagine that many and, people. And not even the biggest one they've ever had. So That know, is amazing. Yeah, their devotion is incredible. It really is. An Oregon judge has entered the final order, striking down a gun control law that was narrowly approved by voters in 2022. The judgment finalizes the opinion Judge Rashio issued in November, finding the law violated the right to bear arms under the Oregon Constitution. The law was among the first gun restrictions to be passed after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling last year changed the guidance judges are expected to follow when considering Second Amendment cases. Now the law requires people to undergo a criminal background check and complete a gun safety training course to obtain a permit to buy a firearm. It also banned high-capacity magazines. Measure 114 has been tied up in state and federal court since it was approved by voters in November of 2022. Disappointing news from space, there is no chance the first U.S. moon landing mission in more than 50 years will make its soft landing on the moon after suffering a critical loss of propellant. In an update yesterday, Astrobotic Technology said the solar batteries on its Peregrine lunar landing are at full charge, but the spacecraft carrying the lander is set to run out of fuel in approximately 40 hours. The new time frame would give the spacecraft until Thursday before it runs out of fuel. And compounding the news, NASA's Artemis 3 mission planned to hit the crucial milestone of landing humans on the moon for the first time since the Apollo program will not take off as at least until September of 2026, NASA officials announced yesterday. The journey had previously been slated for 2025. The primary reasons for the delay include SpaceX's outlook for developing its Starship, the gargantuan rocket and spacecraft system that's expected to ferry astronauts from lunar orbit to the moon's south pole. Interesting. So what happens to this uh, lunar test lander? Is it just like going to be floating out in space once it runs out of fuel? I assume so. It's just going to join that that massive amount of space debris that's out there. Only it's going to be a little bit further out, but I, I think there are there's space debris around the moon, all over the moon, too. Maybe they can get that uh, Tesla that they had shot out. And just, maybe <laughs> they can get that one to make a U-turn and come back and pick it up. That one's still heading out there into no man's land. I have a feeling that, you know, that's well, well out of the solar system. By <laughs> Some now, alien right? has yeah. gotten himself some new wheels. Well, Bishop David O'Connell of the Diocese of Trenton, New Jersey, was released from a hospital in Rome on Tuesday, five days after suffering a heart attack. O'Connell, 68 years old, told other diocesan officials by email that he feels very lucky to have gotten medical care so quickly after the heart attack. O'Connell is a member of the Congregation of the Missions, which is more commonly known as the Vincentians after its founder, St. Vincent de Paul. He served as president of Catholic University of America from 1998 to 2010 and has been Bishop of Trenton since 2010. Now, Bishop was 
in Italy recently to lead a pilgrimage of 20 priests and two lay diocesan staff members to holy sites in Rome and Assisi. He plans to return to New Jersey later this week with the other pilgrims and there continue his recovery and rehabilitation. And in sports, the Hillsborough Hops team leaders say the team could be leaving Oregon. Yesterday, team leaders asked the state for more money for a new ballpark and noted that the clock is ticking. A March 15th deadline looms over the city of Hillsboro and the Hops to secure $15 million for the new ballpark to keep the team in town. If the funding is not met by the spring deadline, the Hops say they'll be forced to find a new home. The Hops are the high-A baseball affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The franchise relocated to Hillsboro back in 2012. The Eugene Emeralds are also facing a very similar issue in Lane County. Just be a shame for us to lose that uh, minor league baseball here in the state. Oh, for sure. It's, it's one of the highlights of summer, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great to follow these players, especially yeah. if you follow them and then well, they get the call up and they end up in the majors. It's, it's exciting and you feel like you know, you're celebrating along with them. So, yeah, let's let's see if we can keep them around. Maria Isabel Geraldo from Catholic Link in her spiritual journey realized she was struggling time and time again with comparing herself to others. She said, for a long time, I've been comparing my life, achievement, talents and dreams to others, be it my classmates, friends, relatives. She says, even strangers when she gets on social media platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram. So throughout the show today, we have been offering her tips to help keep you from comparing yourself to others and look at your achievements through the eyes of God. Now, we talked about digging deeper in your heart and talking to somebody about that. If you need that special therapy, go to confession and confess that to the priest and to your spiritual confessor, that feeling of unworthiness because we are denying what God sees in us. She said, count your blessings and be grateful and worship God for the beauty and goodness of others. Now here's her last two tips to keep from comparing yourself to others. Pat, you've done this. I know she says, cut off social media if mm -hmm. you need to do that it might be the case that browsing through social media specific pro uh, programming and it's harmful to your self-image and causing you to constantly fall into comparison without realizing it you think about how the fashion industry has changed the mind of young girls they're not even a real images of people in fashion that you see they have been so photoshopped that their bodies aren't even true images of the model themselves. And yet young girls, you know, go through all kinds of length mm. to try to change who they are to look like a picture that doesn't even really exist. Wow. Right. So get off the social media. And then lastly, find a community based on compassion, collaboration, and celebration for each person's uniqueness in a world that is persistently pushing us towards competition and standing out, even in Christian environments, Building and being a part of a compassionate and collaborative community can bring us comfort and freedom. So, well, set your up with people who see the goodness and beauty in you the way that God does. I deleted that TikTok account, Brenda. Yes. That, <laughs> TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, or at least at the very least, for if you have to be on those platforms for whatever reason, make sure you add and follow Mater Day Radio or your own parish, because at least through in between all of those things that you see on your feed, you're also going to get 
a reminder of prayer, a reminder of the goodness of your faith, a reminder of the goodness and blessings that God provides for us. You'll get those throughout the day from Mater Day Radio. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, the answer to the age-old question, what's going on at Oregon State University Newman Center? They're having a lecture entitled Science, Faith, and Happiness this Wednesday, January 17th. Next Wednesday, January 17th. The lecture is presented by Dr. Christopher Caxor, a professor of philosophy at Loyola Marymount University. His research focuses on the issues of ethics, philosophy, and religion. For more events, head over to the community calendar on the Hail Mary Media app and moderndayradio.com. Well, my calendar says it's Wednesday, but it's Text Tuesday around here, or at least our digital uh, guide, Sarah Kinsey, will be in to join us to tell us what's going out in today's roundup. Plus, we'll check that uh, somewhat snowy weather forecast next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. In the Lenten season, the Catholic Church invites us to prepare for the celebration of Easter Sunday of the Resurrection of the Lord. This period of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving allows us to imitate Christ during the 40 days he spent fasting and praying in the wilderness. Hi, this is Dina Marie of Faith Moments, and I'd like to invite you to a Lenten day retreat at the Grotto Conference Center, Friday, March 15th, from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. on the theme, Behold the Lamb of God. This retreat features two conference talks, small group discussion, rosary and mass in the Chapel of Mary, time to explore the grotto grounds, and luncheon fellowship following mass. For more information and to register for this Lenten Day retreat, visit my website at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. 8.44 here at Mater Day Radio. I'm seeing a little bit of wintry mix outside the studio right now. There's a high today of 39 and a low of 34. The precipitation rises to 80% as we head into the evening, if you're not already getting it right now. And anything that did fall or will fall should melt off by the evening. So hopefully it'll be 
a little more clear on the roads out there as you head out for the evening. Currently, it is 40 degrees at All Saints Catholic Church here in Portland. And 36 is St. Vincent de Paul School and Parish in the capital city of Salem. Well, looking outside, we can tell that, yeah, the, we're backing up a little bit. People coming in and out of the city up here on Sylvan Hill. There is maybe a flake or two that is managing to make its way down, but it, it's it's mostly rain. I think it's blowing off the roof. Is that what you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. All right. I'm, I'm ready for sunshine. I think we're going to see sunshine before the day's over. <laughs> You see that every day. It's a bright and sunny in your own mind every day, at every least day. for a portion of the day, Patrick. Well, it is a Wednesday, so today we're going to call it a website Wednesday. I like that. With our digital disciple. We've got all these alliterations that we line up. Sarah Kenzie joining us this morning. She has her snowshoes on. She has trekked her way through the cities, uh, through the streets of Portland, and she has made it up for our website Wednesday. Good morning, Sarah. How are things going? out there this morning the little traffic yes you know there was uh there wasn't much snow near my house but then everything was backed up so i tried to avoid the traffic but i ended up in the snow so that was fun <laughs> oh um, no <laughs> so that's great i ended up uh kind of by barnes road there's still a lot of snow up there so okay if you're up kind of in those higher elevations just go slow yeah, well, again, we can look out 26. Things are slowing down. The roads look pretty good, but we know up towards Skyline, a little bit higher on the hill here in Sylvan. Yeah, it, it can be a little treacherous. So just give yourself a little extra time. Maybe just listen to your your uh, radio a little longer to our website Wednesday. Every week, Matre Day Radio puts together a little highlight reel of events and interviews and shows here at Matre Day Radio. It's going out this afternoon. Sarah is joining us to give us a bit of a preview. You. Now, this book that came out, Pat had the opportunity to talk with Steve Sanders. It, it's not, that's an, I'm looking Steve at, Waters. Oh, excuse from me. From Backwoods Brewing. Steve Waters. Yeah. Okay. That's an, Steve. That's a good one. Excuse me. Different Steve. I did not read that closely but enough. But Steve excuse Sanders me. is coming in tomorrow, so... Okay. Yeah, so you, you, you're on the path. Okay, well, let's change his name. We're going to call him Bruce from now on. Uh, but Steve Waters is uh, was in. Now, he, this was a great time because he came bearing some gifts for the staff. What an inspirational story, Pat, you had. So Steve at Backwoods Brewing, they started out in Carson, out in the Gorge, and now they got three locations. They got a location in the Pearl, just opened up a really cool location in downtown Hillsboro. And in addition to that, they have partnered with the Portland Trailblazers. We've got the Rip City Remix, which is their G League team, which plays out at the Child Center. And they have introduced a delicious IPA, the Rip City uh, Remix IPA. So Steve brought those with him for the interview. But it was a fantastic interview. He talked about how the Catholic faith really influences the way he runs that business and the way his family has run that business. And then at the very end of the interview, Steve tells us he prays the rosary three, four times a day. Sarah, you were able to listen back to that. You've included it in our preview for the email this afternoon. What struck you about that interview? Um, kind of what Pat was saying, just the way that uh you know, his Catholic faith really impacts how he runs his business. And I thought that was important to include. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways that we can live our faith. It's not always, you know, um, you know, in a religious order or something like that. We can do that also in our day-to-day -day business. So I thought it was a very inspiring interview. 
I love that interview quite a bit, too. And now afterwards, it made me want to go out to Backwoods. They have outstanding <laughs> pizza there also. So check them out. Their barbecue is fantastic, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're out. The, the one I went to was out in Carson mm-hmm. in the Gorge. So plenty of time to pray a rosary, just like Steve, on your way out to enjoy the beautiful landscape and uh, view that they have out there. Next on our list for the email today, a great podcast. And we have all of our great on-air programming, but people need to remember that we have a lot of great podcasts, digital media that we also provide through the Hail Mary Media app and on our webpage. Sarah, you're going to be uh, highlighting history and tradition. Yes, this is a new episode of our limited series with Mount Angel Abbey um, that Pat hosts with uh, Brother Cyril, um, who's their historian. And so this uh, new episode really covers the time um, starting with Vatican II and kind of all of the changes that happened afterwards. Um, And so I learned a lot uh, myself from this episode. And um, there was uh, some interesting tidbits about the Columbus Day storm, Mm -hmm. uh, which I I really enjoyed. Um, And then also just, you know, learning about, um, you know, different adaptations that the monks made. Um, Some of it had to do with just how they're structured. Um, They had a voting change for the first time in a thousand years uh, following uh, the Vatican II, which was fascinating. Um, and then just hearing about uh, all these different uh, figures, uh, one that was close to my heart was Father Bernard Sander, which I really appreciated um, that they talked about in that episode. So uh, it's a great, great, uh, great episode to really link some of those past things to some of the more present day. Um, and if you haven't caught up to the, some of the early history, I encourage you to go back and listen to that limited series and we'll get you caught up. Um, and we're getting close to modern times, but we're not quite done yet. I think there's one more episode uh, to come still with that great series. Sarah, where on our webpage can people find our podcasts that aren't our on-air shows? Uh, so this is going to be under digital media. Uh, so you can just click that tab at the top and you'll see the history and tradition of Mount Angel Abbey. Uh, you can also find this on any podcast platform or the Hail Mary media app. Fantastic. Our digital media manager, Sarah Kenzie, is joining us in studio today. Another great email coming out from Mater Day Radio to inboxes today. And she's joining us with just a bit of a preview. We love to talk about our community calendar. We highlight it throughout the show, but it's a really such a great place, kind of a, a warehouse, a library of everything Catholic that's going on in our community. People use that link so, so very much. And we're highlighting another great event that is coming up. It is the Christian in the World Series, of course, Pat. We highlighted that on the show today when Brother Ambrose joined us. It's a great opportunity for people to head out to the hilltop. Yes, and I, I also wanted to highlight this because it had a tie to Father Bernard Sander again because he started this series. And yeah. it's really to help lay people learn uh, more about their faith and how to live in the world. So like you said, it's happening this Saturday uh, from 9 a.m. to noon. Um, and it's part of a four-part series about really taking monastic spirituality and using those uh, lessons into the wider world and how can the Christian bring those into the world. So I uh, wanted to tell people about that great event. I know a lot of uh, folks really enjoy that Christian in the World series. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, so we encourage you to check that out. 
All right, fantastic. And of course, you can get to the community calendar that has all of the events at MontereyRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app, Sarah, too. And then just one last thing quickly, now would be a great time also to download the Hail Mary Media app, set up your prayer reminders because we're getting ready to join in on the Surrender Novena. Just real quickly remind our people. That's right. So um, next week we'll be starting this kind of annual tradition of starting our new year with the Surrender Novena. Um, So just go and download the Hail Mary Media app wherever you get your apps. And then also under prayer notifications, then you can sign up to get that daily reminder. All right. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that email today, Sarah. We are glad you made it in safely. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. 852 at Matre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Hey, the football playoffs start this weekend. It is wild card weekend in the NFL playoffs, and that means around my house, nacho time. What? Yeah, so you, oh. it, we're going to be loading up on tortilla chips and the queso and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> and if you're headed out to the grocery to get loaded up for the playoffs, make sure that you help Matre Day Radio at the same time. Shop for the cause with the Fred Meyer Community Rewards Program. If you got that Fred Meyer card, you can link that to Matre Day Radio. It's really easy. And then every time you're munching nacho, you'll be helping Catholic Radio. <laughs> I so love it. Shop for the cause. You get all the details at matradayradio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s and 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Chris Dohanik, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work and witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to meet other young adult Catholics, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Matraday Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Matraday Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at matradayradio.com. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 855 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Last check of weather. Well, the snow is still on the ground, but it's going to turn all into rain and melt off throughout the day today. And that snow level will be rising up to 1,800 feet. High should hit about 41, and then tonight's low 35. That chance of precipitation at 80%. And as we get closer to the weekend, colder and maybe another shot at the snow. Right now, 35 here in the Rose City. And closing out our show today here is the thirsting and footsteps we are brenda and pat on the morning blend right here at mater day radio leading souls to jesus through the blessed virgin mary i see my 
footsteps in the sand I'm all alone and I'm wondering who I am In a world gone mad You were the one thing that I had But tonight I stand alone And I can't stop loving you is The Thirsting and Footsteps. It's 8.59 here at Mater Day Radio. Hey, we made it. We did make it. Yeah, on, onward through the snow. That's right. I didn't even have to get my yak tracks out this morning to get through. It was fine. It was just a, just a little wet, a little slushy. But that, uh, it might change for the weekend, so we'll just keep an eye on things. Okay. But I, I, I'm, that temperature is going to dip down. It's going to stay cold, so that means the next time it snows, it's probably going to stick. Okay. Yeah. So we will definitely keep an eye out for that. We hope you have a blessed day.